Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rob Gunther. And I'm Carrie Donahue. It's Wednesday, September 14th, and we're here with you updating the news all day, every weekday. Here is the latest. Yesterday's elections in New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Delaware mark the end of the 2022 primaries. For Republicans, the story still seems to be Trump versus everyone else. We learned what might happen when two Trump supporters face off against each other, like they did in New Hampshire's first congressional district. The Trumpier candidate won, 25-year-old political newcomer Caroline Levitt. She said things like the 2020 election was undoubtedly stolen. Likewise, in New Hampshire's race for a competitive Senate seat, Another election denier, the Trump-endorsed Don Boldick, beat Chuck Morse, president of the state Senate. It's finally the first day of school today in Seattle. That's after a week-long teacher strike delayed the start of classes. The school district and the teachers' union reached a tentative agreement on a new contract earlier this week. It raises pay, increases mental health staffing, and maintains the ratio of special ed students to support staff. But not everyone is happy. While nearly all of the union's 6,000 employees approved of the strike, only about two-thirds approve of the resolution. Census data released this week confirms what experts have been telling us. The number of kids living below the poverty line dropped by half last year. It was mostly due to an increased tax credit for families that was part of President Biden's American Rescue Plan. The extra few hundred or so dollars each month took the number of kids living in poverty from 1 in 10 to 1 in 20. But experts say the gains were short-lived. The extra payments stopped in December, and rising costs on everyday things like rent and groceries due to inflation always hit the poorest hardest. The pandemic made modern slavery worse. That's according to a new report from the United Nations. It estimates that there are 10 million more enslaved people now than there were five years ago. But what is modern slavery? They say it's a range of exploitative practices that can include forced labor, forced marriage, and human trafficking. And no region in the world is immune. Forced labor specifically got worse during the pandemic, partly because the economic crisis caused more workers to become indebted to their employers. In a plot twist straight out of Downton Abbey or hundreds of years of monarchy, King Charles has a message for the staffers at his previous residence who've been working around the clock to help him transition. See ya. Up to 100 people at Clarence House received letters notifying them that their duties are no longer required and that their posts could be terminated as the king moves into Buckingham Palace. The Guardian reports that the household staff was angry when they learned the news, thinking they would have moved to Buckingham with him. Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens. So check back whenever you want to know the latest. Coming up, we talk about the tech war between the U.S. and China and why the U.S. will do anything to stop President Xi Jinping from coming out on top. An employee at Northeastern University was injured last night after a package he opened exploded. The unidentified 45-year-old was treated for minor wounds, and evening classes were canceled at the Boston school. Law enforcement sources told CNN that the package was sent with an incoherent letter that referenced Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg and the metaverse. Another suspicious package was found nearby at the Museum of Fine Arts and neutralized by the city's bomb squad. 
The country's looming rail strike has already left some passengers stranded. Amtrak has already gone ahead and canceled some long-distance services, such as those connecting Chicago to the West Coast, in the event that engineers and conductors will strike at midnight on Friday. Even though it's freight workers who might walk out, a lot of passenger trains share the rails, and more transit lines are now being warned that commuters may have to change their plans, too. New text messages show Brett Favre and former Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant planning to divert millions of dollars in welfare funds to buy a new volleyball stadium at Favre's alma mater. Favre's attorney insists the football star did not know he was doing anything wrong, but here's a text he sent to a nonprofit leader at the heart of the scam in 2017. Quote, If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? No, Brett, you're all good. The scoop comes from an investigative report by Mississippi Today. The texts were filed in court as part of a civil lawsuit in what's being described as the largest case of public fraud in the state's history. You know, who'd have thought anyone would be excited by a pile of old vomit? But in Utah, paleontologists really have been, because this puke dates back to the Jurassic era around 150 million years ago. The fossilized vomit found in southeastern Utah is thought to be a pile of partially digested frog and salamander bones. Though they're not sure which animal tried to eat the amphibians, this extremely unusual find may offer clues as to what the ecosystem was like back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Most friendly bets, if you lose, you might wind up owing your friends some cash, maybe a beer. Probably not a colonoscopy. But for Ryan Reynolds, that's exactly what went down with his friend It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia star Rob McElhenney. You see, these two actually own a Welsh soccer team, and Reynolds bet McElhenney that if he could learn Welsh, the language, he would publicly film his colonoscopy. And of course, McElhenney successfully wound up learning a few lines. Math Ryan betio vun un in dimgali diski kamraig. Reynolds filmed his procedure for the charity Lead from Behind, and the craziest part of this story, he actually had a small polyp found and removed. The doctor said it was no laughing matter. This was potentially life-saving for you. I'm not kidding. I'm not being overly dramatic. I, I mean, I, this is exactly why you do this, okay? You had no symptoms. Yeah. Right now, the U.S. and China are in a war over tech, and insider's Lynette Lopez says semiconductor chips are key weapons in this war. Chinese President Xi Jinping is doing everything he can to make sure China becomes the world's leading manufacturer of these chips that power our phones, computers, and even cars. And meanwhile, the U.S. is doing everything it can to stop him. So, Lynette, you make a great case for this brewing tension between the U.S. and China, but it all comes down to these semiconductor chips, which seem a little boring. Like, why is it so important? The semiconductor chips are the brains of every piece of technology that we use, from our washing machines to whatever is in your iPhone, which is extremely sophisticated, to guided missile systems that the U.S. Army uses. And as technology advances, they're going to get smaller, more dense, and more complicated to make. So it is really important that we have access to these brains that will power the most advanced technology from AI to quantum computing, all the stuff that everyone says is coming. So, Lynette, you write that no country in the world is able to make semiconductor chips on its own. Semiconductors are right now a real triumph of global free markets and globalization. There are parts that are 
made in Europe and only Europe and Germany or the Netherlands. There are parts that are they're packaged in places like Malaysia and in China. But the most advanced semiconductors are made in Taiwan, about 98% of them. And also South Korea, to a smaller extent, the most advanced semiconductors are designed in the United States. But China's hoping to change that. Why? China understands that the country that is able to control the most advanced semiconductors is going to be able to control the most advanced technology of this century. This is something like discovering the internet, if you can make the hottest, smallest, densest semiconductors. And founding the internet has given the United States massive wealth and massive power. China's looking to do the same thing. But Lynette, it's not working, right? Why is China not reaching its goals? China set really lofty goals for itself. It has this plan called Made in China 2025. That is a plan to evolve technology, domestically produce technology, to a really, really sophisticated point by 2025. In the plan, China is supposed to be producing about 70% of the chips that it uses domestically. And internally, the country is really only producing about 30% at this point. And that's what you're hearing in state media. Independent researchers have put that number as low as 16 to 19%. We don't know. But we just know that they're not even close to achieving the goals or getting the results that Xi Jinping wants to see based on the investments that he has made. We've also just recently, the Senate passed the CHIPS bill, and it's been a big part of Biden's initiative, and we're opening these big semiconductor manufacturing plants here in the U.S. What's the U.S. trying to do to counter this and slow down China's growth? The United States is also trying to invest in our scientific research infrastructure. We're doing deals to try to bring some of the semiconductor supply chain here to the United States, because regardless of what China is doing, having this supply chain mostly located in East Asia, which is one of the most, um, I would say it's one of the hottest parts of the planet in terms of geopolitical tension. That, we realize, is not great for us. You're right that China should not be underestimated. What do you think China is capable of and why should the U.S. heed your warning? China is capable of great technological advancement. It's got great uh, scientists and a lot of money to throw at this problem. Back in the 1960s and 70s, China was able to develop two nuclear bombs and put a satellite in the air without anyone's help when they were poor. They didn't have the Russians' help, really. They didn't have our help. And so Xi Jinping is confident that the country is able to to have breakthroughs like that again. And the country's come a long way in its semiconductor program. We cannot pretend like they are not capable of this. And... That is why Washington has gotten so aggressive. I think the United States has truly, um, is truly to f- trying to figure out now, in a central way, what is next. How do, we, how do we block the Chinese from what's coming next, and how do we develop it ourselves? This is a space race now. We have to make cool stuff. And that's how you win a technology war. Interesting. Thanks so much, Lynette. Thanks for having me. Lynette Lopez is a columnist at Insider covering politics and economics. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. I'm Carrie Donahue. And I'm Rob Gunther. 
Talk to you soon.